Ahoy, and welcome to the Jolly Reader. I'm your host, Captain Book. Oh my goodness. So, lots, if you've seen on Instagram, life has been crazy. Allie's school shut down for two weeks because of COVID. Luckily, she tested negative, but I've been homeschooling. It's been a whole thing. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. So I decided to do the book, A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. It's naturally broken into three parts. So we're going to dive right in. Things to look forward to. Awkward interviews, multiple secrets, a botched camping trip, and a mysterious foreboding note. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. Part one, senior capstone project proposal, part one and two or no, not part one and two. What the heck? Page one and two. I'm just going to read the proposal to you. Hold on. This is part one of the book, by the way. Okay. So Pippa's our main character. She's going to present the topic to be researched, which is a report on how print, televised, and social media have become key players in police investigations using Andy Bell as a case study and the implications of how the press presented Sal Singh and his alleged guilt. Her resources will be interviewing the missing person expert, interview with a local journalist who reported on the case, newspaper articles, interviews with members of the community, textbook and articles on police procedure, psychology, and the role in the media. So her teacher's like, Pippa, this is an incredibly sensitive topic as it concerns a terrible crime that happened in our own town. Your project has been accepted only on the condition that no ethical lines are crossed. Please find a more focused angle for your report as you as you work through your research. And there is to be, all caps, no contact made with either of the families involved in this case. This will be considered an ethical violation and your project will be disqualified. So, like, the first thing she does is break her only rule of contacting the family. So, anyways. <laughs> Chapter one. So Pip knew where Sal's family lived because it's a small town and the neighborhood kids are afraid of this house, but really it's just people trying to like recover from this terrible situation, which we'll get into. But like main premise is this girl goes missing and her boyfriend is accused, Sal is accused of murdering her and then he takes his own life. Okay. So like I said, Pip breaks the number one rule of her capstone project, and she knocks on the door to see Ravi, Sal's brother. And she's super awkward, but I really like her. And she introduces herself, and she asks if she can interview him for her senior capstone project. And he's like, what's it about? And Pip tells him about what happened five years ago. And Ravi says, why? And Pip responds with, because I don't think your brother did it, and I'm going to try to prove it. Yay. So throughout the story, there's these capstone project logs that she enters, And they're like interviews word for word and research and information. So I'm just going to try to bullet point like the important things that come out of this instead of just reading the interviews and stuff. So this first one was on 7-30-19. So that's July 30th for everyone. Anyways, capstone project log entry number one. Pip's supposed to be recording the obstacles of her research and progress, but instead she's using this to record all her research because she doesn't know it will end up being important. 
she doesn't want her project to be what she proposed to Miss Morgan, that's her teacher. She just wants to find the truth, but she's using this as an excuse to interview people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So unlike Stevie in our last series and book and whatever, you know Stevie. Stevie Bell. Ugh. Pip doesn't think she can actually solve the case. She's not diluted, but she just wants the case to be opened back up and give reasonable doubt to Sal's guilt. So I'm going to read page six and seven, apparently, because that's what my notes say. Oh, this is just like kind of information about like what the initial report of the event was. So Andrea Bell, but everyone calls her Andy, 17, was reported missing from her home in Fairview, Connecticut last Friday. She left home in her car, a white Honda Civic, with her cell phone, but did not take any clothes with her. Police say her disappearance is completely out of character. Police began searching the woodland near her family home this past weekend. Andrea was known as Andy, is described as white, five feet, six inches tall, with long blonde hair and blue eyes. It was thought that she was wearing dark jeans and a blue cropped sweater on the night she went missing. This happened five years ago. So Andy was last seen alive by her younger sister, Becca, at 1030. And her car was seen, I think, just by like a neighbor or someone leaving the home at 1040. And her parents, Jason and Dawn, say that Andy was supposed to pick them up from a dinner party around 1245. And when they couldn't get a hold of her and none of her friends knew where she was, they called the police at 3 a.m. to report her missing. So something happened to her between 1040 and 1245. Also, like, side note, what the heck kind of parents are like, oh, yeah, can you pick me up from this party at 1 a.m.? I couldn't imagine doing that. But anyways, so then there's a transcript of the interview with Angela Johnson from the Missing Persons Bureau. So Pip wants to know the process of what happens when someone's reported missing. And Angela says the police get as much detail as possible to determine if this person's at risk, age, disability, any behavior out of character would make them at risk, obviously. These things describe Andy because she was 17, so she wasn't technically an adult, and this was out of the ordinary for her to just, like, run off or disappear or whatever. So immediately the police would look for clues that suggest the missing person has been a victim of a crime. They would also question neighbors, friends, and the teens, peers, or boyfriends. We all know this, I would think. If you're even listening to this podcast, you probably like true crime in general. So anyways... Pip asks, at what point does a missing person case do, like, the police assume they're looking for a body? But before Angela can answer, she has to go into a meeting, so her phone call ends. I will say, like, first 48 hours, right? Is that, uh, that's just what I'm saying, but that's why it's, like, the most important whatever. So, Pip puts in these statistics in her notes or whatever. So, it says that 80% of missing people are found within the first 24 hours, 99% are resolved missing person case in the first year. So that leaves 1% of people who disappear and are never found. And 0.25% of missing people cases are fatal. So Andy's body was never found and most people have accepted she's dead. But Pip asked why, because like such a low percentage, like between 1% and 0.25%, like this would happen or not possible, but whatever. But they say because of Sal, that's why people think that, or that's what Pip says. Chapter two, Pip talks about her family and we just get to know her a little better, but she has a mom and a stepdad and a little brother who's nine, a little half brother and a dog. But Pip doesn't consider like her stepdad and her half brother anything less than full family. Her bio dad died in a car accident when she was 10 months old 
Okay, so like from here on out, if I say Pip's dad, I'm referring to her stepdad, but I'm not going to like uh, point that out because she just sees him as her regular dad. Anyways, Pip mentions to her dad that she went and saw Ravi, but he was busy and she could come back Friday, or he said that. And Josh, that's her little brother, says she shouldn't. And Pip retorts that the Singh family did nothing wrong. Like, obviously, they're just suffering a tragedy. So the dad tells Josh, this is so weird to say, because obviously that's my husband's name. The dad tells him to try to imagine if everyone judged you based on something your sister had done. And Josh says, all Pip does is homework. And they start like play wrestling. And Pip wonders if the Singh family ever laughed anymore like her family does. Don't worry, this gets juicy. We're getting there. We got to meet everyone per usual. So Pippa 731-19, July. <laughs> Capstone Project log enter two. Entry two. Pippa is trying to piece together using like police reports and newspaper articles and interviews of like what happened that night. She wants to interview Ravi, the brother, obviously, of Sal and Naomi, which is one of Sal's BFFs best friends forever and pippa looks on social media and found that andy's two best friends of the time were emma and chloe they come back around like later so they don't live in fairview anymore but pip is going pippa whatever pip is going to see if she can get a phone interview with them okay so the police had talked to sal who was andy's boyfriend at the time of her disappearance Friday, Sal was hanging out with his friends, including Max, at Max's house, his other friends, Naomi, Jake, and Millie. Naomi? Sorry. They said Sal walked the 30 minutes home and left Max's house around 12.15. Sal's dad confirmed that he returned home around 12.50, so that checks, obviously. By Monday, there was a full search for Andy. On Tuesday morning, Naomi, Max, Jake, and Millie contact police and tell them they gave false information. They say that Sal asked them to lie and he really left Max's house around 10.30. No one could find Sal. He wasn't at school. There was a text to Sal's father from Sal Tuesday morning. The media calls it the quote-unquote confession text. We actually get to find out what it says, but not yet. Tuesday evening, search teams find a body in the woods and we're all thinking, Andy, right? Nope, it's Sal's. So it was ruled a suicide, but it was never reported how he did it. The town rumor, which I don't know, but whatever. So this town rumor says that Sal took a large dose of sleeping pills, then placed a plastic bag over his head, securing it with an elastic band around his neck. He suffocated while unconscious. Does that sound like suicide or murder to anybody? Because I don't know many people that wrap bags around their heads. Like, that's what a murderer does. I'm just saying. So the following Monday, there's an official statement, which I will read to you on page 17. This is like the official statement from the police. As a result of recent intelligence and forensic information, we have strong reason to suspect that a young man named Sal Singh, aged 18, was involved in Andy's abduction and murder. The evidence would have been sufficient to arrest and charge the suspect had he not died before proceedings could be initiated. Police are not looking for anyone else in relation to Andy's disappearance at this time, but our search for Andy will continue. Our thoughts go out to the Bell family and our deepest sympathies for the devastation this update has caused them. And then there's like a list of evidence of why they think Sal's guilty of this. So their evidence is they found Andy's phone on Sal's body Forensic tests found traces of Andy's blood under fingernails, 
of his right middle and index fingers. Andy's blood was discovered in the trunk of her abandoned car, and Sal's fingerprints were found around the dashboard and steering wheel alongside prints from Andy and the rest of the Bell family. Okay, so Andy's body was never found. The missing persons case was closed June of 2014, and she was officially declared dead 18 months later. Everyone in town is convinced that Sal murdered her, but Pippa isn't so sure, and neither am I. Chapter 3. So Pippa gets an emergency text from her BFF, Lauren, who's going through a breakup. Not sure if this is relevant, but it's my job to cover it. So they have this other friend named Kara. Kara? Don't know about that. Hold on. Okay, we're going with Kara. So anyways, Pippa and Kara go to Lauren's house. That's one of their other friends. And Lauren informs us that Tom broke up with her via text, which is just trash. Don't do that. Do it in person. Hello. So anyways... Lauren worries about being the third wheel to her friends now. And Pippa says, no, we're all best friends. And including the three mediocre boys that we let hang out with us. Their names are Aunt, Zach, and Connor. They're like kind of not important, but they do come back around in the last chapter of this section. So anyways, Pip thinks about how she's known Kara the longest. And they've been inseparable since they were six years old. Pip was only 10 when Kara's mom was diagnosed and died. I'm assuming with cancer, it doesn't say like specifically. And then Pip was also supportive when Kara came out two years ago. And Kara's family is like a second family to Pip. Okay, so the dad, Kara's dad, is Mr. Ward. He's Pip's history teacher as well. And then Kara's older sister is conveniently Naomi, which is Sal's best friend. So we get into all that. I have my suspicions. So Kara asks about Pip's capstone project and imagines that Pip will want to interview Naomi soon. And Kara's just like, Naomi will agree to do this, but ask Pip to go easy on her. And Sal was her best friend. So like, obviously, it's a sensitive subject. Pippa, August 1st, 2019, capstone project log entry three. So Pip understands that she needs to be, oh Lord, I forgot about this part. Okay. So Pip understands that she needs to be aware of confirmation bias since she thinks Sal's innocent. So she's going to get an interview via phone with this trash monster of a human being, Stanley, who was a journalist that covered the case at the time. You'll see he's horrible. So Pip asks about the court hearing and what evidence was presented and stanley says the evidence they said linked sal to her murder was the blood in the trunk of her car which is weird because not his trunk it's her trunk but whatever it was believed that she was murdered and her body was put in the trunk to be transported elsewhere and then this is like a quote from stanley that something that was said during the court trial and it says it seems clear that andy was the victim of a sexually motivated murder and considerable efforts were made to dispose of the body and just like ding how do they know that if her body's never been found like girls keep clothes in their car and stuff i don't really understand how that's like very clear that it was a sexually motivated murder i want more information on that and also like doesn't that kind of make her boyfriend not as likely like i get that boyfriends and significant others can do that but like i'm just saying a stranger seems more likely is all i'm saying so anyways The theory is that Andy left home, drove past Sal walking home, she picked him up, and he took her to a secluded place and murdered her and disposed of her body. Then he dumped the car and walked the rest of the way home. 
I have that in question marks, but it's like later confirmed. So Pip gets on Stanley for calling Sal a murderer and a monster and not using the word allegedly at all because obviously there was never a trial and her body was never found. So we don't even know if she's murdered, but I'm just saying. Pip also asked Stanley why he's so convinced Sal did it. And Stanley says that it's always the boyfriend, right? And Sal was Indian. Like, excuse me. So Pip's like, he was born and raised in the U.S. And what difference does it make you trash can? And Stanley believes that Sal thought Andy was his property and was enraged that she wanted to leave him or something because he's Indian. Like, ugh disgusting. So Pip and Stanley get in a fight because he's a racist POS. And Stanley says before he hangs up, they weren't allowed to print it, but they found a death threat note in Andy's school locker. But like, I don't know how they know that's specifically from Sal. That doesn't come up yet. But anyways, after the conversation, Pip makes a murder map, which I can post on my Instagram if need be. I haven't used it yet, though. She notes that there were several ways for Sal to walk home, but she picked the most logical one. Also, it takes 18 minutes from where the car was dumped back to Sal's house. If Andy and Sal interception happened around 1045, that would give Sal an hour and 35 minutes to commit the crime, which obviously is reasonable. Pip notes that it seems like Sal and Andy planned on meeting up because they both left their houses at the, or like, well, the friend's house. They both left at the same time, which seems more than coincidental. And the police never mention any communication between the two about a meetup. But she, like Pip says, like, why wouldn't they just plan for Andy to pick Sal up at Max's house? Like, why is he walking? It all seems like odd. Chapter four. It's Friday and Pip is at Ravi's house for the interview. Like he said, she could come back. She brought muffins because she's a weirdo, but I love her. And Ravi opens the door and he was like, uh, I was not expecting you to come back. And he awkwardly like invites her in and makes them coffee. There's like a whole back and forth. Anyways, his parents aren't there. And if they were, Pip wouldn't be there because they don't like to talk about the situation at all. And Ravi says, if he says out loud, like, I miss my brother, people will think he's a monster. But Pip doesn't think so because obviously... So Pippa, August 2nd, 2019, capstone project log entry for transcript of interview with Ravi. Really sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, by the way. So I'm just going to list like the main things we learned from this interview. So Ravi is currently 20 years old and Sal was three years older than him. Pip asks if Sal was acting strange the night of Andy's disappearance. Ravi says no, Sal was his normal upbeat self, and Ravi was already asleep when Sal came home that night. But the next morning, Sal was still acting normal and was in a really good mood. So Ravi tells Pip that Andy's parents didn't really know Sal and he had never been to their house or anything, like her house. And Andy did come to their house sometimes and Sal and Andy had been together for about four months After Sal found out Andy was missing, he would call her phone every few minutes and would go straight to voicemail. He kept calling her through the weekend and even Monday. Pip and Ravi agree that this would be weird if he already knew she was dead. I say or clever, especially if he had her phone hidden somewhere in his room because when he's found the phones on him. So Sal, oh, this was like, I don't know. At some point during all this, Sal had said to Ravi, everything Andy did was deliberate and maybe she'd run off on purpose to punish someone. And Pippa asked who Andy would want to punish. And Ravi says, I don't know her like well enough to say that, but I would think that someone she's talking about is her dad, Jason Bell. And Ravi can't remember anything specific, just that she didn't seem to have the best relationship with her dad. And then the police contacted Sal on Saturday afternoon and the police recorded the interview. So she's like, oh, I can like find that hopefully. So then 
She's like asking about the relationship. And Ravi says that Sal seemed pretty happy that he landed the prettiest, most popular girl in school. And Ravi always thought that Andy would bring drama because she seemed to thrive on it. She's one of those people. And the parents liked her okay, but like obviously they didn't really know her or whatever. So the evening that Sal's friends came to check on him is when Pip thinks that Sal asked them to lie for him about the alibi. And Pip and Robbie just kind of think like Sal was probably worried that if he told the truth, he would have no alibi and it looks bad for him. So basically it doesn't mean he's involved, just made bad decisions as a teenager. So Monday, the police went through Andy's locker and Sal seemed off, but like his girlfriend just disappeared. So that's not that weird. And then Pip tells Ravi he doesn't have to talk about what happened on Tuesday, but he wants to. So they got to school together and Sal stayed in the parking lot or whatever. And Ravi went in for some sort of like meeting. And that's the last time he ever saw him. And he was just like, see you later or whatever. So then Ravi's mom tried to call him around two in the afternoon to see if he could get a hold of Sal because the police really wanted to talk to him again. And the dad showed Ravi the last text like that I was talking about earlier from Sal. So the text says, it was me. I did it. I'm sorry. And I said, okay, anyone can send a text. And I say, did what? Like what you, I did it. Did what? We don't even know she's murdered technically. So anyways, that evening, the police came to the house saying they found a body in the woods. They thought for sure it was Andy, but obviously we know it was Sal. Pip asked about the sleeping pills and Robbie confirms that like his dad had a prescription for insomnia. So like, yes, he could have gotten hold of sleeping pills. So Robbie never once thought Sal was suicidal. He was the happiest person there was. Red flags though, like happy people doesn't mean they're not suicidal. Just saying. So Pip asked if Robbie thinks Sal killed Andy. And he says no. Sal never lost his temper and never got into fights. The police evidence is bad, but Ravi can't believe it. Ravi asks why Pip chose this for her school project. And Pip says her best friend is Kara, whose sister is Naomi, obviously. So Ravi's like, oh, Naomi was nice. Like, she used to follow Sal around like a puppy and was like 100% in love with him. And Pip's surprised by this. Like, this is new information to her. So Pip goes on to explain that she isn't specifically doing this for Naomi, but she did know Sal pretty well because Naomi and him were friends. So he was like at the house and she was at the house because she was friends with Kara or whatever. Kara was her name. Anyways, Sal taught Pip her first swear word, which is the S word, if anyone's curious, and how to flip pancakes and how to get kids in middle school to stop bullying her. And Sal had always been a hero to her and she just can't believe that he did this. Pippa, August 6th, 2019, Capstone Project Log Entry 5. Pip has been researching how she can get a copy of the police interview with Sal. On another note, she can't stop thinking about Andy's dad, Jason. Her parents, Andy's parents, got divorced not long after Andy was declared dead. And Jason moved about 15 minutes away and married someone who Pippa describes as too young for him. So Pippa has been watching hours of news footage and press conferences and she says she notices that like Jason squeezes his wife's arm a little too hard and he shifts his shoulder to get her away from the mic and his voice crack seems forced like when he's talking about his daughter being missing. And the biggest thing that stands out to Pip is he says, quote unquote, Andy was such a huge presence in our home. It's too quiet without her. Like, was? Everyone thought Andy was still alive at this point, so... She says, like, why are you talking about it in past tense? But I said, like, she's not curly in the home. So that like kind of makes sense. Like, Allie was so fun. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't say that because like Allie's at school right now. 
Allie just filled the house. I don't know. I guess I wouldn't say it that way. Okay, red flags. I'll take it. So I digress. Jason and Don, that's the parents, were at a dinner party and Andy was supposed to pick them up. And then Pip questions like, could he have left the party or been involved? Whatever. So she starts a person of interest list. And the first person on it is Jason Bell. Chapter five. So Pip, Pip interviews Naomi and she's distraught to say the least and Naomi had a job but was having this was like after when she was in college she was having panic attacks so she moved back in with her dad and sister recently or whatever so Pip asks what they were all doing the the night at Max's house like what all the friends were doing and she said drinking playing video games talking nothing special so Pip brings up that they posted some pictures to like well they were all together but Sal wasn't in any of them from that night And Pip asks if Sal was acting strange before he left or if he talked about Andy. Naomi says he was acting normal, but he did say that him and Andy were having a disagreement. He wasn't going to talk to her for a bit because Sal apparently preferred to give her the silent treatment rather than argue. I don't know how I feel about all that. So anyways, Naomi said that Andy was kind of a nightmare (laughs) and that they would fight over stupid things like Sal not texting her back quick enough. Toxic! So Pip asked when Sal left and if he said like why he was leaving or whatever. So she said he left around 1030 because he wasn't really feeling it or whatever. That's not like a reason, but okay. So Naomi never left Max's house. Her and Millie stayed in the spare room and she thinks they went to bed around 1230. Okay, so Kara, my goodness, I'll say her name different every time, interrupts the interview because she can't find the Butterfingers, apparently. (laughs) And Naomi... Like, they get back to the interview. But Naomi says that Sal texted her Saturday morning to say Andy was missing. And Pip asked, what do you think? Like, where do you think she was? And Naomi says that Andy knew lots of people. And she thought that Andy was hanging out with other friends and didn't want to be found. So Pip asks about Sal asking them to lie about the time he left Max's house. And she tells Pip that they went over Saturday to see him and ask And he asked them to say he left later so the police would stop looking at him and concentrate on finding Andy, which seems reasonable to me, but whatever. And Naomi says it didn't seem wrong at the time. And then, like, Pip's like, well, what was he doing between 1030 and 1215 then? And Naomi's like, I didn't ask him. I don't know, which is weird because you'd be like, well, why am I lying? Where were you? So anyways, Pip asked why the four of them decided to change their mind about providing an alibi for Sal on Tuesday. They had all agreed that they didn't think Sal had done anything wrong, so it wasn't a problem telling the truth to the police. And they didn't tell Sal that they were going to talk to the police because they didn't want him to be mad at them. So snitches get stitches, (laughs) y'all. Okay, so Naomi says the Sal she knew didn't kill Andy. I don't know. Anyone can snap at any time for any reason. So, but Naomi says he was nice to Andy, even though she didn't deserve it. And Pip asks if Max, Jake, and Millie are still around to be interviewed. And she tells her that Millie is traveling around Europe. Jake lives in Detroit with his girlfriend and new baby, but Max is still in town. He just finished his master's and moved back home while looking for a job. So she gives Pip his number. Pippa, August 10th. 2019 capstone project log entry seven so she interviews max back at his house and she says it's weird because this is where they were all hanging out five years ago so it's kind of like a crime scene not that a crime happened there but you know what i mean so she says that max is kind of pretentious and i have you'll see after speaking with him pip 
thinks something is going on. Either one of Sal's friends is misremembering or one of them is lying. But why? Transcript of interview with Max Hastings. Max is 25 because he had leukemia as a child, so he was held back. So he's older than them. I don't know if that's relevant. Just saying. He describes Sal and Andy's relationship as not the romance of the century, but it worked, I guess. And then, I don't know, stupid boy, what does he know? He asked how they met, okay? Like how Andy and Sal got together. He says they got drunk and hooked up at a party at Christmas and the relationship moved forward from there, which is like a really good basis to start a relationship, you know? Like really, really good. I don't know if you can hear the sarcasm, but it's there. So Max says he never really knew Andy before Sal started dating her and they were more like acquaintances, like they go to parties, whatever, whatever. So the Friday night, everyone was at Max's house. This is so weird. Max says he was pretty drunk, but then he's like, I can remember the whole night. Like he can't remember some things, but he can others like when it's convenient. But anyways, he says that Sal didn't talk about Andy at all and he seemed normal, maybe a little bit quieter than he usually is. And then Max says, like, after Sal left, he spent most of the time playing Call of Duty with Jake and Millie. Modern Warfare 3, anyone? Okay, anyways. (laughs) Pip asked where Naomi was, and Max said she was MIA. She went upstairs for a while, but I don't know why. He says it, like, in a really rude, like, I don't know, she could be taking a dump. Like, I don't know. He's kind of gross. So, anyways, when Sal left... He didn't say anything. He just slipped out quietly. And the next day they went to see Sal and he said things were looking bad for him. So if they could help him out and change the time of when he left, like whatever, because they're friends. And Pip asked Max if he thinks Sal killed Andy. And his response is on page 54. He had to have done it, right? I mean, if you're asking if I thought my friend was capable of murder, the answer would be no way. But then, you know, the blood and stuff, and the only way that Sal would ever kill himself, I think, is if he did something really bad, so it all fits. So, there's inconsistencies between, like, Max's recollection and Naomi's recollection. Why can't I say that? Obviously... Like, if Sal talked about Andy or not, if he slipped out without saying anything, or if he was like, I'm not really feeling this. And I say, ding! I think Sal and Naomi were hooking up, and he did say that to her, or they were, like, alone during that time. But Max didn't hear it because he was downstairs with the others or whatever. So, Pip describes Naomi as mild temper and, like, an older sister to her. But she knows Naomi didn't like Andy. Could she have killed Andy out of a jealous rage? This is, like, Pippa thinking... And then maybe Sal stumbled across the scene and helped his best friend dispose of the body. But he had so much guilt, the only escape he could think of was death. Pip feels confused, but adds to her list of persons of interest, which is now Jason Bell and Naomi Ward. Chapter 6. So Pip's at the grocery store with her mom when she sees Ravi. And he shakes the mom's hand and explains that they normally shop out of town, but there was a milk emergency. Whatever, it's adorable. So Pip's mom's like, I actually know you because I was the realtor and sold the house to your parents like when you were five years old. And whatever. So they get to the cash register and the lady is being a dick. And she recognizes Ravi and just looking at him with disgust. Okay, this man did nothing wrong. Like nothing at all. He just exists. So anyways... He tries to pay with cash and she won't take it because she doesn't want him touching her. And Pip cuts in and is like, why? Are you contagious or something? And the lady's like, I'm going to go get a manager. And Pip's like, good. I want to complain in person. Meanwhile, this is me. I'd be. mm. So meanwhile, Ravi just drops the cash on the counter and leaves with the milk. And Pip runs after him in the parking lot. And he says, I don't need some kid I hardly know fighting my battles for me. I'm not your problem. You're only going to make things worse. And Pippa obviously feels deflated because she was just trying to help. Like, what the heck? 
Pippa, August 16th, 2019, Capstone Project Log Entry 8. Transcript of interview with Elliot Ward. This is Kara and Naomi's dad slash Pippa's teacher. So he taught Sal in AP classes, and he even helped Sal apply to Yale, which Sal ended up getting accepted to. And Pip asked if he taught Sal the Monday after Andy disappeared, and Elliot says yes. And Sal was distraught but worried about Andy, nothing unusual due to, like, the circumstances. He didn't see Sal the day that Sal took his life because Elliot called in sick that day, which is super freaking sus, if you ask me. That's in there for Josh, too. He better have laughed. Anyways, the school did call him, like, called Elliot about Naomi being interviewed that day about the alibi. Obviously, she was a minor. So Pip asked if he thinks Sal killed Andy. His response is on page 61. I mean, I can understand how easy it is to convince yourself he didn't. He was such a lovely kid, but considering the evidence, I don't see how he couldn't have done it. As wrong as it feels, I guess I think he must have. There's no other explanation. Okay. Then Pip asks if he taught Andy as well, and he says no, but then he's like, oh yeah, I did. She was in the same class as Sal's sophomore year, but I didn't know her very well super suspect like i have so many theories about this so anyways (laughs) my next note says i think he knew her too well if you know what i mean so ravi never mentioned yale to pip and wonders what else he had mentioned about sal but after the milk incident she doesn't know if he'll ever talk to her again also pip thinks that sal was super smart so why would the evidence so directly point to him like someone that intelligent should be able to like get away with murder a little more easily she also spent time with naomi that night like after this interview with the dad and she's keeping her on the person of interest list but says there's no way she murdered someone she's too nice or whatever so i say right here wild theory with barely any information time so this is what I have to say. Naomi took out andy because she hooked up with her dad elliot and she was jealous of the relationship with sal Okay, there you go. Weird theory. Don't know. I have no reason to even think that, but that's where I'm at. Chapter seven. Ravi shows up to Pip's house to apologize for like storming off at the grocery store and they have some mad flirting vibes between them. So Pip invites him to go with her to walk her doggo and they end up at the woods behind her house, which is also the woods that Sal's body was found in. Like way to go, Pip. Really kill the war romance that way. So anyways... Three years ago, Ravi tried to do what Pip is doing now, like figure out what really happened, but he didn't have the excuse of a school project and no one wanted to talk to him, obviously. So Pip has four working theories, which she shares with Ravi, and I'm just going to go through them. One, a third party killed Andy, but Sal was somehow involved like an accessory after the fact and helped bury the body. The guilt drove him to suicide and the evidence found on him was put there by the perpetrator, even though he isn't the one who actually killed her. Two, a third party killed Andy and Sal had no involvement. His suicide was not motivated by guilt, but by the stress of the disappearance, etc., etc. The evidence found on him, the blood and the phone, had innocent explanations. Three, Andy was murdered by a third party on Friday. The killer knew Sal would make the perfect suspect. The killer murdered Sal and made it look like a suicide and planted everything on him. Four, no one killed Andy. She faked her disappearance, then lured Sal into the woods, murdered him, and planted all the evidence. Maybe she feared for her life and needed to make it look like she was dead. Maybe she had an accomplice. It generally seems like Ravi doesn't think 
that his brother had committed suicide. Like, he really thinks that Sal was murdered. He thought that before Pip brought it up. So they get back to Pip's house. Ravi wants to make a deal with her, and he wants in on this investigation, like, to share information and stuff. So Pip agrees. Then Ravi hands her an old iPhone, and it's Sal's phone. Ba-ba-bum. Chapter 8. So the police released Sal's phone back to the family after they closed the investigation. That's, like, pretty standard. So Pip is like, oh my gosh, come into my room. We have to go through this. She like runs up there before him, hides her bras that are hanging on the chair or whatever. It's so funny. And she's embarrassed because at like one point her dad's like, no boys in the bedroom. And Pip's like, we're working on my project and the door's open, dad. And the dad's like, radio, kiddo. He doesn't say that, but that's what I feel like her dad's like. Anyways, so um, the main things we learn from the cell phone is that dozens of calls, uh, people trying to get a hold of him the day he died. Obviously, that's normal. Two missed calls the day Andy disappeared. One from Max, which probably would have been like, hey, when are you coming over to my house or whatever? And one from Andy that Sal didn't answer. Between Saturday morning and Tuesday morning, Sal called Andy's phone over 100 times. The police thought Sal did this to look innocent, but then why wouldn't he just hide Andy's phone with her body instead of like taking it with him? Whatever. There are two texts to Andy after she disappeared from... Sal, he said, Andy, just come home. Everyone's worried. And the other one said, please just ring someone so we know you're safe. The Friday she went missing at 9.01, he texts her saying, I'm not talking to you till you stopped. And Robbie doesn't know what it is, but like they're speculating. So anyways, then they look at the text that the dad received about like the confession or whatever. And unlike the other text messages, this one has punctuation. Sal never used periods or apostrophes or anything, and this text did have them. So Pip and Ravi are suspicious that someone else wrote the text. Then they go through Sal's notes, like on his phone, and it's like normal stuff, whatever. And then on Wednesday, so I'm assuming it's like the Wednesday before the Friday that Andy disappeared, there's a note that says 009 space KKJ in all caps. So Ravi thinks this is a license plate number, but couldn't find anything about it. I don't know. I don't know what I would think that is. So anyways, Ravi asks if Pip had gotten anywhere with the interviews and she shares all her notes with him, even though she feels protective over Naomi. She's like trying to be like, I trust you. So you can trust me. Tell me what's up. So Ravi and Pip think that Sal was alone after 1030. Like he could have just like stopped on his way home, like whatever. But he knew he didn't have an alibi. And that's why he asked his friends to lie because he knew the police were suspicious of him. The next step for Pip would be find out about Andy's life and who would have motive to make her disappear, essentially. Her two friends, Emma and Chloe, still hadn't responded to Pip's messages. That's short-lived. Anyways, Ravi asks about what inconsistencies she sees in the case. This is referring to her interview with the trash can reporter. So Pip says, if you killed someone, you would scrub yourself down, including the blood under your fingernails, obviously. Sal was not dumb enough to be caught literally red-handed. Also, it makes sense that his fingerprints would be in his girlfriend's car. You can't, like, time date fingerprints. And since they haven't found her body, it would have to have been hidden really well. While that's possible, there wasn't a ton of time to do that, I guess. And I don't know why everyone, like, assumes she's buried. That's, like, really weird. It's brought up all the time. Like, oh, she's buried somewhere. I'm like, there are multiple ways to dispose of body that don't include being buried, but okay. I sound like a psycho. Don't look at my Google searches. Okay, so chapter nine, my first note says, dang, okay, things are heating up. So first, Pip hears her parents bickering downstairs. They're worried about her spending so much of this summer on the project and obsessing over Andy. Second, 
she gets a message from Emma saying she could talk on the phone that night. So Emma tells, there. this is like the phone conversation, Emma tells Pip she found out Andy was missing around 1 that night, when, like 1 a.m., when her parents called looking for her. And Emma claims to have called Sal that night, but he didn't pick up until the next morning. So like, just side note, there was an unknown number in Sal's call log, but... At the time, like, Pip said, oh, it's probably, like, the police trying to get a hold of him. So, I don't know if that's, like, true or not. That's not, like, confirmed. Might come back around. So, Emma told the police and Andy's parents that she had no idea where Andy was. And the police asked about Sal. So, Emma told them that Sal and Andy were fighting at school that week, which was out of the ordinary. And Sal was super upset. But Andy wouldn't tell her why. She was like, he's just being a female dog about this. Andy wasn't supposed to go anywhere that Friday. Her sister Becca had been hospitalized for self-harming a few weeks before that. And her parents just had to go to this dinner and didn't want Becca left alone. Okay. So Emma says, looking back, she can understand how difficult it must have been having Andy as an older sister. Like, that's pretty harsh, but okay. So Emma describes her friendship with Andy as destructive and addicting. She was fun and made you feel special, but then she would flip things and hurt you with your biggest insecurities. This is what Emma's saying about Andy. And then she says, we remained by her side, waiting for her to make us feel good again. Andy wouldn't let them go to her house much, but Emma did see how cruel that Andy could be to Becca. And she ends with, I can understand why Sal snapped and killed her. Andy could make you feel so high, then so low. It was bound to end tragically. Tragically? In tragedy. Tragedy? Why can't? It was bound to end in tragedy. Lastly, Pip asked if Emma had any contact with Chloe still. And Emma said, no, they had a clean break after everything happened. Like with the disappearance and stuff. Pippa, August 23rd, 2019. I feel like their school starts really late, but okay, because it's still summer. Capstone Project Log, Entry 11. So Pip tried to look up the license plate number, couldn't find anything, obviously. And then Pip just got off the phone with Chloe. So transcript of interview with Chloe Birch. Sal was nice to Andy, and she thought that he was hot. This is all according to Chloe. Chloe thought that Sal would mellow Andy out, but he didn't. Andy always had some drama going on. And Pip asked if Sal and Andy were serious, like, and she's like, what do you mean serious? She's like, sleeping together, I guess? And Chloe says, well, they weren't actually. And then Pip's like, well, so Andy was a virgin? And Chloe's like, um, no. This whole time, Chloe's very annoyed and doesn't seem to be, like, wanting to be any part of this. And she's like, none of this is relevant. None of this is relevant. So, anyways, Pip asks if Sal and Andy were exclusive. And Chloe pauses a little too long before she says, yes, of course. So, Chloe said that Andy liked to keep secrets, like where she got all her money from. Andy was always buying nice things for herself and her friends and had, like, designer clothes and stuff. Pip asks if there was any reason you would think Andy ran away, maybe because of her dad. This strikes a nerve and Chloe says Andy had it too good to run away and Chloe says it's inappropriate to be talking about Andy's relationships all these years later and like ends the conversation. But right before she ends the conversation, she says, Chloe says, you're not going to get to know Andy from a few interviews. It was impossible to know her even when you were her best friend. Okay, so they get off the phone or whatever. Pip gets a horrible but brilliant idea. She, okay, so since Chloe and Emma had not had contact with each other, After all this, Pip pretends to be Chloe and is texting Emma using a pay-as-you-go SIM card. So, Pip texts says, like, oh, this kid's been interviewing me. Has she tried to contact you too? Blah, blah, blah. This is Chloe. So, 
Emma's responding, and Pip's like, did you tell her anything about Andy's love life? And Emma goes, I'm guessing you mean the secret older guy, not Sal. And I have ding, 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 the history teacher, her friend's dad. I'm telling you, that's what I thought. So then (laughs) Emma says, you know, I don't know who like this older guy is. She just said that she could ruin him if she wanted to, which like, hello, yes, this all fits. So then Pip's like, this girl asked about Andy's dad too, like referring to herself, but you know what I mean? So Emma's like, it's not hard to work it out now. He's married to that whore like right after the divorce and we were the only ones that knew. So then like the conversation basically like fades out and ends or whatever. So Pip already had Jason as a suspect. That's Andy's dad. But now it's written in bold. (laughs) And Pip thinks that Andy was maybe blackmailing her dad to keep the affair secret. Also like the secret boyfriend could have been the source of money, obviously. And she like kind of thinks the secret boyfriend could have been married. I don't know. So anyways, Pip updates the persons of interest. Jason Bell, in bold. Naomi Ward. And secret older guy. How much older? Chapter 10. Lauren, Pip, Aunt Connor, and Zach are all camping for Kara's 18th birthday. There's like a lot. Like they're setting. They didn't even get a tent. They got a canopy and they're like setting up. But like the main meat of this. I don't know. This this might not be relevant. But Pip tells us that Aunt and Lauren drunkenly kissed a few times. And Lauren swore like never again. But obviously like Aunt still likes her. I don't know. I'm just saying. So Aunt is telling this ghost story and they're all drinking. Some more than others. Like Pip is not drinking that much. But the girls are slosh. So anyways, the aunt, the aunt, <laughs> that's just his nickname. Aunt ends the story with a zombie Andy attacking them or whatever. And Pip tells him to knock it off like that's a rude dude, whatever. So he's like, I didn't even bring up Andy's older secret lover. And apparently Pip had told Kara, who told Naomi and Lauren. And then Lauren told Aunt about this secret lover thing. And Pip's like, what the heck, you guys? This is supposed to be a secret. Like, come on. So then the boys pull out a Ouija board. Ouija board? Whatever. (laughs) Ouija. And Pip sees a flash from the trees, like someone's phone screen, like in the forest in the dark. She sees a dark figure shift and tells everyone to shut up because someone's in the trees watching them. Chapter 11. So Connor grabs a flashlight and yells, hey, pervert! Starts chasing this person like through the woods. And Pip's like running after her behind him because like, holy crap, Connor, like you shouldn't be running after strangers in the dark. And Ant's like right behind her and they catch up to Connor and she, he's like, I lost him. And Pip's like, oh, it was a man. And he's like, I don't know. It's a person in a hoodie, but it's probably some perverted dude. So yeah. And Zach almost collides with them. He like catches up to them. And then they hear a scream. It's Kara and Lauren screaming. So they find the girls and they're like, what's wrong? And they're like, we're scared and drunk and everyone left us. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but it's just kind of funny. So it takes like 15 minutes for them to like find their way back to their campsite and stuff. And they're all tucked into bed or whatever. I don't know how you're not just like freaking out and going home, but that's neither here nor there. So the girls pass out and Zach does too. And then Aunt and Connor are up talking and Pip tries to go to sleep, but she feels what she's assuming is like just like a candy wrapper or something like trash in the bottom of her sleeping bag. So she pulls out and it's a piece of paper, printer paper, folded in half. And it says, quote unquote, stop digging Pippa. So she storms over to Aunt and Connor and she's like, stop playing tricks on me. Like, you guys are stupid, whatever. And like, I can't believe you got one of your friends to hide in the woods. Like, freak me out, blah, blah, blah. So the boys deny it and they're like, "Uh, we had nothing to do with anything. Like, what are you even talking about? Pip keeps telling herself, like, the note's just a cruel joke, blah, blah. She tries to go back to bed, but she can't stop thinking about the note. Stop digging Pippa. 
end of part one lingering questions i don't know like all the typical questions i do want to know if andy's actually dead or not like i want to know how much blood was in the trunk of the car or whatever because that would pretty much determine if this person's dead or not i think sal was murdered but whatever and i don't know i still have the theory about the dad the teacher dad or whatever having some affair maybe that's how she's getting the money i don't know there's still two parts left So in closing, thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at the Jolly Reader Podcast. Subscribe so you can get notifications for when new episodes are posted. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review because it helps other crewmates find this podcast. Share, please, and thank you. If you like secondhand embarrassment, stay tuned for the outtakes. And I will talk to you next time for part two of A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. Until we sail again, this has been The Jolly Reader. Bon voyage! Hey, you made it to the outtakes. Let's do it. Testing. Oh my gosh. Things have been crazy. I read part one literally last night and this morning and took notes. And it took forever because it's a really detailed, really good book. I'm excited to get into it. Let's just do it because I got to pick Allie up from school soon. She is going to... What do I want to read here? Okay. So, <clears throat> the... Her teacher's like, tread lightly. Oh, I should probably like get that part too. Whoop. As a result of re- recent... Bleh. So, Kip, Kip. So, how am I saying her name? Kara? 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 I'm saying Kara. Kara interrupts the interview. Kara? Oh my gosh, now it's going to bother me. Tired of talking, holy moly. So, Andy wasn't supposed to go anywhere that Friday. Her, sunshine, we're almost done and you're barking? Anyways. So, Peepa, Peepa, <laughs> Pippa. I am Allie, and you are with me to my mom.